What's the big idea? Wasn't 38? No, I said it was 38. We're recording right now. Uh, I said it was episode 38, but it was 39. Ooh. So that means that today is number... 40. 40. We wow. are now episode 40s. number 40. 40 weeks. kind of crazy. This. It is kind of crazy. It's flying by. It is? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, folks, if you're uh, watching, just uh, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button because we're kind of stalling. We're stalling at 6.30. I noticed we've been stuck there for oh, a few days now. So my... I think people, I think we're getting shadow banned maybe for controversial comments <laughs> about uh, <laughs> war and anyway. <laughs> uh, t- today's uh, episode, folks, is uh, we're exploring the topic of is mental training a myth? Because there are some varying uh, views on this in the volleyball and all sports world. Um, there have been a lot of books about mental training over the past 20 years probably that have come out and before but especially the last you know 20 30 years that really brought attention to the topic so we want to talk about is it a myth or not uh so in this show we have like some subcategories so we're, we're going to talk about yeah uh, we're going to do it different these yeah right. yeah we're going to tell people at the start the categories yeah. we're going into so that way they can stick around because they they, don't, they <laughs> might not know how good it gets right <laughs> So it's going to get really good. It's going to get really good. Yeah. And it's probably just nice for us to do this. Yeah. So people can be like, oh, I want to listen to this section. Right. And then they can just like sort of. And yeah. then they'll be like, oh, I better listen to the rest. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. We want them to and listen. then they'll love it. And then they'll click subscribe. Yep. All right. So, so the categories are, so why why do parents, why are, why are they signing up for mental training more than ever? Uh, or why why do parents want it? Sorry, why do yeah, parents want yeah. mental training? Uh, why is it so popular right now? It seems to be at a very the the peak. Youth sports never really had this, but why is mental training for kids so popular now? Can you truly teach mental toughness? That's what we're going to talk about. Can you really teach mental toughness through a book or a program? Um, positives and negatives of teaching uh, or taking mental training programs. Uh, if there are any, and uh, a conclusion. So, you just turn my volume down. Yeah. Why? Like the tiniest little bit. I know, but I, I now I feel like I have to yell now. Oh no! It's just you made a very kind of pop sound in oh, the mic. Did I like like? But pop. maybe your mouth was just a little maybe too my, close. Yeah, maybe my mouth was close. Maybe uh, I'll turn you back up. So. Yep. You didn't you already? Yeah, I did. Oh, but I'm just faking. You're turning it, it down just in oh. case. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> people think any ways yeah people think it's anyways but it's actually any way any which way any which yeah you wouldn't say anyways anyway anyway <laughs> uh so what do you think so why do you think eric parents want mental training what are they hoping to get out of it for their kids do you think they're well can i sorry can i ask a question are, nope. do you think there's kids and at, or like athletes looking for mental training probably as well Probably more so adult athletes yeah. than younger ones, but there's got to be right. a few younger ones that are yes. kind of crazy ambitious and asking for these things too. Yeah, but I'm just thinking like, you know, and coaches broader, too, you're right, and coaches too. So like, yeah, yeah, you're right. The broader question is why do people seek, uh, what do they want to get maybe out of mental training? I'm just assuming they're looking at it for performance, for more wins, mm. for more wins, to do better, to... Yeah, just climb up the ladder to be to be better than everyone, to be more significant, to yep. to win more. 
Um, can't think of. Yeah, handle pressure moments better. Yeah, so uh, perform better in the clutch. Yeah, uh, yeah, just to narrow down what you said. Yeah, um, to, or to break down. Yes. Yeah. To break down. Yeah, because oh. if I'm saying like winning, well, the breakdown of that is like like oh, you mentioned oh, oh, in like, the clutch and mm, handling I stress you meant, better. I think meant to break down, like the person for the person to break down. Oh, oh, you meant that Zuby's breaking it down. <laughs> yes. Break a break a break. Anyway, <laughs> but, I do a little rapping. I don't want to talk about that. Actually, if if your kid is is breaking down, like mm, crying and stuff like nice that, you're going to be looking to mentally yeah toughen them. toughen them up. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So I think performance. Yeah, right? I think we're sort of yeah. Generally, performance. Uh, make kids perform better. Uh, sometimes I think that parents uh, forget that uh, they might be limiting uh, or like so in need uh, need of mental training, or they sort of look to it uh, because they can't stand seeing their kid, well, like or coaches too. They can't stand seeing players fail mm-hmm. you know like, i think as our impatience across society happens uh, as we get more and more impatient because of our phones and our daily lives and because we have no we have no mental break right in our day so i think it's very difficult for people adults to sit by and watch bad things happening to their kid mm-hmm. and whereas you know in our generation we didn't have our parents even watching us most times or very rarely mm-hmm. uh, me less so than your generation your generation was the start of i think parents sticking around more mm-hmm. um so i think that there's this weird like i gotta fix this i gotta fix this before rather than oh they're learning a lot from this situation you know yeah it's hard to sit there with it well, that's interesting. Yeah, so two two things kind of increasing at the same time. Yeah, like, A, just the parents weren't really around when you were playing. It was mm-hmm. just like, hey, we got some awesome activity that Zuby can go play, and we can just leave them. Yeah, or, or <laughs> can can you get a ride? Yeah, can you get a ride, yeah. <laughs> I did. I do do that quite, quite a bit for hockey, but, um, yeah, so now you're having parents attending more, but you're also having that sense of, uh, like, impulsiveness um, to fix, yeah, like they see the kid like losing or whatever. And then it's just, we're, we're so, I mean, the, the way the economy is and, and marketing and everything really gets us to impulsively buy now. We're probably more impulsive consumers now than we were. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and I mean, at the way, uh, in a way, at the end of the day, a lot of these, uh, mental training things, they are offered or as a product. Like mm-hmm. it's a book or it's a program or it's a, I mean, everything is always sold, right? Otherwise uh, you wouldn't even buy it if it was free probably because it's like, oh, it's probably isn't even good yeah. if it's free or something. You so, wouldn't even need to buy it if it was free. <laughs> <laughs> right. You wouldn't. You wouldn't even maybe order it, maybe order it if it was free. Yeah, you wouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like if it was like some free download PDF or something, maybe you would. I don't even yeah. know. But. but we like to we like to buy things that are expensive. We think there's more quality and expensive. Yeah. See right. iPhone, right? Yeah. Anyway, but sorry, I cut you off. No, I'm just saying that I noticed those two things trending, uh, increasing at the same time. Uh, parents attending more and then also just like the consumer market has been ramping up since, I don't know. 50s yeah mm. right and it, it's still it's always ramping up I and mean, nowadays we always have that feel that if we need something we can just go and buy it right mm-hmm. so that probably impulse played. buy but but i think i think there's something more like i think what's happening is like we're not like overall regardless of whether it's buying things or just sitting with something reading a book uh 
sitting alone. We're just not our minds because the phones, I think primarily like they're just, our minds are not used to being, uh, alone. So we're in a constant state of frenziness (laughs) and then we take our mind as like, so, so what happens is like our ability to sit with things is, is shortened. So if my mind is used to racing and I think I'm unwinding and doing downtime on my phone, I think I'm relaxing, but really my mind is still going buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. I put the phone down and I see my kid doing something that ordinarily, you know, I, you know, maybe 40 years ago, 30 years ago, parents were like letting their kids mm-hmm. sort of, or go play and they weren't involved even doing something right the parents like doing something else yeah now the parent looks and they have to fix they have to fix they have to fix because their mind is just buzz 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 all the time yeah so i think i think that's sort of what we're seeing too where i have to fix i have to fix i have to fix like i so you know we run a vol- we run volleyball leagues and i remember having to tell coaches sometimes like coaches would stop drills and mix in like better players with players that weren't capable enough. And I said to them like, so why did you, why did you mix that older kid in with that team? And he was like, Oh, their rallies were really bad here. And I said, now, you know, that the kids were having a blast, you know, they didn't care that the ball was hitting the ground every yeah. rally. They didn't care that they were missing their serves. They were all laughing. We as adults watching have no patience for their bad volleyball. It's actually great. I remember talking with a parent last summer about this and I was telling her, assuming she was one of those parents, I said, oh yeah, they'll get better in three to four weeks. Because she goes, no, no, no. I love it. She said, I just love watching them out there playing. I don't, I know they're fine. I know they'll get better. And I think, I think I found it later. She was a volleyball player too. Yeah. Because she, I was worried about her impatience, but she was one of those rare parents today who was like, she was sitting there with a lawn chair, a blanket on. It was a cooler night at the beach. And she was like, no, no, they'll get better. Yeah. Just, just enjoyed the kid, the process of it. Um, so that, that's, I think that's what's, that's what parents are trying to fix their kids performance. Um, not understanding, I mean, this is sort of going into later stuff too, but not understanding that part of getting to be excellent at anything is actually going through it, you know? Yeah. Did I just give away the end of the show? Well, that's like, <laughs> that's a huge, yeah. Oh, I ruined it. No, no, but we're going to talk about it. We'll, ed- in- we'll edit this out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, I, so we got the parents want performance, right? We got that. Yeah. So what is, uh, why is it so popular now? I think you touched upon it too. Uh, why is it now exploded considering everything going on in our world? Well, the sport, the sport's growing and consumerism, capitalism is growing. So it's easy to make a product nowadays. It's easy. Are you a communist, Eric? No. Okay. No, I'm I'm saying you sure, sure crap on it. I buy stuff. Come on. I'm not crapping on it. You're crapping on communism. Uh, I'm just kidding. If you think about like how, what you're saying with. (laughs) I am kidding everybody. Just, just calm down. (laughs) I'm not a communist. No, I'm not. No, not like that. Uh, if you are a communist, that's great too. <laughs> did I did I mention? If you're watching on YouTube, you will see that I'm wearing a <laughs> yeah. USA volleyball shirt. So you know, just land of the free, home of the brave. Mm. Yep. Um, but now with uh, with our phones, we're able to like actually type our thoughts. You're still laughing into the I'm phone. Smiling. And the weird thing with that is that if you actually go and type in like mental training in your phone, well now it's going to know what ads to throw at you, right? Mm. So there's, I mean, I don't know how much of that it plays a no, part, but... I think so. And um, and definitely what you're saying, like the just the short attention and like wanting to always fix things and like not uh, just sitting in, in that boredom and like letting the process happen for sure leads to more and more sales of it. Um, 
Yeah, why is it more... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think so too. I think, like you said off the top, I think that tech is a huge part of it. I think that, like you're right, the the phone gearing, like if you have a texting conversation with your kid about, hey, why aren't you uh, more... I noticed you missed a lot of of serves and we know the phones are... I mean, this is in our user agreement. So so Facebook and Instagram are all reading those messages. Like a bot is reading those messages and they are sending you ads. So you're like, you know, a lot of people still say things like, isn't that funny? I was just talking about that sofa at Winners and it showed up in my phone. And I'm like, that's not <laughs> a coincidence at all. Yeah. That's not, uh, that's actually what the phone is supposed to do. Now. Yeah. That's why the phone exists, uh, newsflash. So, yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. I think it's like, you know, you talk about anything to do with mental training and boom, there's something to buy. Yeah. I think that... Um, Doesn't that create a false need in a way? Like if you just... It's like that whole, I don't know, theory, like if you just keep telling a lie, it'll eventually become a truth, right? If you just keep marketing something like crazy, like throwing money at branding it, Mm -hmm. it'll just become a commodity. It'll become a product that's accepted on the, on the market. I I think that what, like from a marketer's point of view, like the phone is the marketer's dream. So like it is like for for the, since the dawn of advertising, they've always been trying to figure out what are they thinking, what do they want, what do they want? Is it this? What if okay, we put it on this show now and the they like listens to you. And they like this show. That's what it used to be, right? Like okay, if the people right. like this type of show, like a hockey game or a basketball game, or then they will like these products. We hope, we hope, we hope. Oh, we're not quite getting it. Where is there something? Please, someone, can someone invent something <laughs> that gets in their minds? Like we want them to like I don't care even if they look at something longer on the screen we want to record it oh face recognition facial recognition yeah. and that eye stuff right that's or your how screen how much time you spend how with much that it, thing it on tell, the screen on the screen it can tell what you're looking at on the screen your phone yeah. okay people don't understand this so that's what it's the dream it, this is the this is the culmination of the past you know 170 years of marketing really where we're now it's like oh man we got exactly the people that want mm. to see this. So we know through their texts, they're talking about mental toughness. Like our phones are here. We're probably going to get a bunch of mental training stuff showing up in our feet. Well, when we start talking about mental training for shows, it does come up more. I get mental training stuff, you know, all the time because yeah. it knows we're athletes and it knows we're coaching. Yeah. And it knows that we're talking about it quite a bit. Mix. Yeah. So the technology is huge. That's why it's big now. I think that the growth of, uh, professional sports. I think so I think, too, I think yeah. the big, like people talk about the post Muhammad Ali era. Muhammad Ali was the first international sports star who yeah. had marketing money coming in. And he's the reason Michael Jordan happened. He's the reason that, you know, all, all the yeah, Wayne Gretzky's. It's a big dream for a lot of So yeah. Up, right? So the bigger our sports, uh, you know, pot, the, the wealth that comes from sports and the bigger the marketing, um, you know, dollars have been geared towards it and the advertising and the more we sit down to watch sports, yeah, the more parents see their kids. And this is why, you know, it ties in with all those topics about parents heckling kids now and people being jerks and wanting to win at all costs because they're trying to replicate their pro sports star. Uh, that's tied in with all of this, right? This lack of patience because there's so many dollars to be had. There's so much fame to be had. And uh, the bigger that pot of gold gets, the more people are like trying to invest in it. The more they hear stories like Tiger Woods and Andre Agassi and the parent, the crazy parent, the Serena Williams parent, you know, Richard Williams and all that stuff, the more they are going to um, try to chase that pot of gold, right? Um, Yeah. What's the next? uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Eric. 
See, if I were if I were your wife and I made <laughs> that sort of rant, and you answered with a, yeah, well, when's dinner? <laughs> I got no, I got nothing more to say. <laughs> that's that's I know. I'm that's just kidding. kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so it's popular <laughs> now because of the. That's another reason. Um, and I think it's tied up uh, a lot of parent self esteem. We we talked about this too. Like, if a parent or a coach has a good sense of self and they worked on themselves a lot, then they tend not to feel the need to tinker with their kid because the kid is not you, right? And you're, you don't need your self-esteem fix through your kid. It would have been, yeah, it would have been really weird actually to like have my mom approach me with like, hey, like this mental training book. It just wouldn't have worked, especially between those years of like 13 and 16. I yeah. would have just been like, what? And in and the time you grew ignored up. Ignored it. So what is it about well, the time we grow up? Right, and no one else was talking about it. That I mean, the like, if anything, like we got into. So I, the title of this is is mental training a myth because there's stuff that you can do like like visualization. Mm-hmm. This is different, right? This is um, or or even sitting in meditation. I think one thing like that is just getting used to in a way when you first start meditating, you just get used to boredom or you get used to experiencing the uh racing thoughts in your mind because we're so disconnected from that because of the phone right Mm -hmm. that's part of our unease right so there's things you can do that for sure is um in a way leads to or or can be defined as mental training right well that's a good point maybe we should narrow it down because what is mental training according to what are the different types of mental training right so you said you said a couple yeah, I mean, I think they w- they would be, in my opinion, and like exercise. That is, we've said this before. That's like ninety five percent mental training, or yes. it's purely mental training. It's the ultimate mental training, right? Yeah. And like you, we think it's physical, but um, well, doing- this is what I so like. Yeah, this is what I get at too, though. Like, isn't this is my answer always with this? Isn't the sport? <laughs> mental training itself it is. that's why yeah. i get a little irked when i hear coaches and players talk about we need a mental training book or we need a mental training ma-. i'm like no no but wait a minute the sport is the mental training. yeah like you hit a ball in the net and then you coming back and getting the next set and and killing it or smoking you know to hit the back or something that's where it happens yeah that is where it, it happens it's yeah. the life train and, and and it happens through experience I mean, we're getting off topic here, but well, I mean, we're, we're going not. into st- we're going like, in, well. What I mean is, we're going into like later topics. Hmm. Maybe we shouldn't do categories. <laughs> anyway, but but so let's well, no, let's, let's, like, let's let's go through we'll the list. Try to stick to them. What are the but. mental what are the mental <laughs> mental training categories? Uh, like what types are there? There's like in a book. What are the categories like? What types of mental training are we talking? Let's define it for people. Like if we're going to read one of these books. Well, like if we're defining or, it for or, our listeners, like what we think it is, or listener. <laughs> <laughs> what what different forms does mental training take in in the world today right or wrong oh yeah well yeah playing the game okay um my training would be some form of i mean it, it probably is visualization mm-hmm. um but i really don't know like what some of the false things would be well i mean so not false but what i'm just saying like so today when a parent hears or a coach hears the term or a player hears the term mental training if i said okay team on wednesday we're having a mental training session the player will think that it's either going to be uh, a booklet of some sort maybe some meditation uh they'll think that we're going to be doing some sort of activity 
Oh, maybe some sort of uh, some excursion. Of those where it's like the whole team has, to, everyone on the team has to get fifty serves over. Otherwise, we're. Starting I don't it think. Again. I don't think today in this era that young players would think. That's why. That's why I think we need to define mm. it because I think mental training in the way we're talking about it are programs that people are selling. Okay, right? that's sort of where we're we're going with this. So workbook, <laughs> fill out. Some, it's like, hey, mention a write down a time where you feel like this emotion happened or something, or mm-hmm. like you felt disconnected from your team or you felt like overcome with emotion or yes yeah i think i think visualization is another form of mental training uh i think that uh, i think today that's what people think of like there's a program in place a Mm -hmm. booklet uh some meditation visualization i think that's what if you were to say mental training today that's what people are thinking of right whereas i think there was a time where people would say sports is the best mental training or working out is the best mental training and now is this yep is this not like what the traditional hard ass coach taps into is we know nowadays that it's it's probably not the best way to coach Mm -hmm. um and i would I would yeah, agree with it's that. Not, yeah, it's not. But that's what you and I grew up through. Like I grew up through yes. the punishment was physical, mm-hmm. and like the beginning of practice was always super physical. But I and that's okay, like because you need physical training for a reason. But like when the punishment was physical, it, it, yes, it would kind of it honestly probably made my serve more timid than it could have been otherwise <laughs> if I was more so rewarded for the yes um, going for it. Yeah, but. Um, did, uh, I ever t- did I ever tell you my story about suicides when I had a coach? We can't say that. Uh, yeah, not suicides, but touching lines. Yes. They oh. used to be called suicides. Sorry. But uh, that's where you run and touch all lines. Can I tell you this story right now? Yeah. Give so it. my story was like I had this really tough coach once, and I was uh, uh, young on the team and uh, first-year player, and uh, the coach was telling everybody <laughs> – I use this. You've seen me use this trick today still. But the coach was telling everybody, okay, when I – blow the whistle then you guys start okay so and you can't be last you know or you're are you gonna get punished like tons of push-ups sit-ups whatever or extra lines okay so he's like okay on my whistle you ready go and then everybody half the team would take that first step he said no i said on my whistle and then everybody would have to do all, the whole team was punished the <laughs> you whole do it in a funny way yeah this, i do it in a funny way legit? now oh yeah i did so it this was your coach mentally training he was what? well that's what so that was like you said that the old school mental training yeah, that he was trying to put us through hell that's like and, dog but, obedience but then though. he'd do it again no he'd do it again yeah and like again and i swear to god i was the last guy i kept doing it because i was like young right and uh, so I can't. Like, so and just, then everybody adding on. And then the everybody. Yeah, and then you feel like you're the toxic yeah, yeah. idiot that's causing all these problems. But it was great. So I use that today, but I don't punish the athletes. I just laugh. Yeah. You did it in yeah, a yeah. funny way. Yeah. With little kids, we do that. When I, no, I said on the whistle, you got to follow. <laughs> Everybody's laughing today, but there was nobody laughing when we did it originally. But that was a real coach <laughs> that used to do that. Uh, but. Uh, no, so uh, sorry, I think I cut you off with that. You were saying something about um, physically the old school coach trying to get to mental training. Yeah, I think right, right. I think that was their way of of doing mental training. You, you know, they didn't, they weren't quite. That's all they knew, like because, like you said, playing the game is is the mental training, right? So we we had things like everyone on the team has to get fifty serves over, and if one person misses, we're doing lines, mm-hmm. right? And then you and then you do it again, right? And so some practices, you're not even touching the ball; you're just running, or you end up puking, or stairs, or whatever. And this was, I think, um, 
I'm sure there was other coaches trying different things at the time, but like, it's funny how we like came from that. And there's still a lot of coaches doing that. Cause it's just mm-hmm. a, it's almost like a safe fallback. Yeah. Um, or it's a way it's a bit of the easier path it requires. Cause if you're going to do the other thing where you're rewarding players, um, for their positive growth, like you can't just be positive all the time. Like when they actually make the improvement, then you reinforce it positively. Right. And then it's, it's probably going to work out better that way, but then you need to be a little more creative in your drills. And then you have to have a different approach for when they're failing. Cause if they're just failing, it's like in your easy answers, okay, we're just going to do lines. Well then that's easy. If, if you're, if you're, maybe your drill isn't that good and the intensity isn't on point or they don't understand the objective, then you need to do a little more planning with your drill. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that was the easy fallback and I think it, it made sense. It did work. Yeah. Um, but I produced think fear though. Produced fear. Yeah. Um, but some good things that came out of it was just that I, in a way I was lucky that when we had to do the lines, at least I enjoyed or, um, I enjoyed the competing of being the first to finish them with my teammates. And I think from that, maybe it like kind of lifted up the team or whatever or if like extra reps had to yeah. happen i would always do them with someone so at least and it depends because you were playing as a, as an older player here too right on the team even when i was younger yeah. i was like that yeah uh, I, at least i like the competition of being out like yes. racing and for the lines or right. whatever right but, yeah i remember that about you actually you always enjoyed like the like, yeah, look on your face it was like a half smile when you're racing yeah uh yeah no that's true the competitive nature of it uh, it's cool. And I think you're right. The, the, the coaches back then were trying to put you in uncomfortable situations as much as possible with the idea of making you mentally tougher. Yeah. Right. Like I, I even playing overseas, I remember like we, I told you we had two a day practices Yeah. and second practice we were throwing up. And then on game days, there was try, there was practices yeah, like crazy. Like and it was like, like too much. Like you, yeah. that you'd never do that on game days today. But that's the thing. Like the intensity dr- can drop in practice, right? Like who knows what, right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to, Mm-hmm. fix or to to get the intensity yeah. or an easier to get people to focus i think i think what's replaced it today in modern coaching is the goal-oriented drill where the intensity rather than just going through the motions there's like a finish line and mm. an accomplishment and a goal built every good coach today builds a drill with a goal they don't just make a drill that's endless like there's okay it's a race to 10 or it's a race to five or you know we're getting to 10 and if we if we mess up then we start again and that can be inspired that can be you know fun right with a consequence built in uh i like i had a coach once i think we talked about this earlier he did like you know miss serves was like just two push-ups and he's like and we're like two push-ups is nothing he goes yeah exactly it's just like losing a point yeah doesn't feel like a lot but if you miss a lot of points <laughs> you're gonna be yeah. so he said you guys are gonna be like the most muscular team <laughs> or you're gonna be the, <laughs> yeah. the best serving team best one, serving or, one team. or the other so um and that was kind of fun and we kind of enjoyed that because it wasn't this crazy humiliation thing yeah it wasn't a lot of fear there's a little bit of a laugh every time somebody missed their serve um but it had a real life he sort of matched the consequence like that two push-up thing is perfect right because one point i love that the speech i like that. that yeah one point doesn't hurt a lot but if you do them at the wrong time or you know too many in a row it's pretty cool it was uh yeah a coach at a volleyball camp that i worked with um but yeah so i think that um like i guess so we're sort of leading into this next question like can you teach mental toughness through these various things we've talked about i think i think you can teach 
Um, I, I almost think that the things that I tend to think when I think of mental training that actually work and same with you are the ones that are like exposing you to either calmer thinking all the time or that make you do mm-hmm. hard things that put everything else in perspective, right? Like, so exposure to difficult means when you go yeah. into the game, the game feels super light, See, right? Right. And, and that, calm. That, that, that's it. Light and calm, I think, are two key things. Yeah, because if you're going through, the, like, just like when you work out in the morning, the yeah. rest of your day is easy because mm-hmm. you've done the hard thing, right? Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I agree with that. I've, I think if you take the physical training because the physical training is important now and add in the goal of, uh, oriented objective, like you just mentioned in the other drill. So instead of, or maybe just use physical training, but also just explain like, Hey, we're going to be doing like this type of explosives. We're going to do sprints, this and that, like, it's going to suck, but, um, there's a reason why we're doing it. It's going to make us faster. We're going to jump higher. So everyone kind of gets behind this goal and then you go and you do the work and it's difficult, but you get through it as a team. Um, now you're doing something really hard, but you're doing it with intent and like you, you're behind the purpose of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you go into your practice and now you've already had this like awesome level of intensity happen and kind of getting through something difficult. I think that's a great way um, to then like lead into if you're if you're going to work on a specific s- skill or something or something in your volleyball system a certain side out play whatever mm-hmm. the focus is is kind of going to be there um well and, that's what that's what practice was right practice was the mental training yeah for and, games. and the the difficult thing like if you start with some physical training you're also really getting the team to gel because they're all going to be doing it together and then what happens from that is you're going to get accountability mm-hmm. within the team and now that is gonna keep everyone up at the same level mm-hmm. um it's kind of kind of prevent like if one of these players then has like a lashing it's gonna reduce the chances of that because they're gonna feel accountable to everyone else everyone's gonna look at them and be like hey what are you doing like we're all here to work we're all going yep. through the same you know miserable stuff we're all here to get this goal and then you're just not focused right Mm -hmm. so now they can just like even just have that body language glance at each other and it's just like okay i need to check myself get back in so like i would even argue that the social aspect of the sport which is certainly guided by the coach becomes a form of mental training yeah team building which is connected with mental training i think team building and mental training are very closely linked yeah because that's sort of what because that yeah the gym training session like when you see one teammate pull yeah doing an extra rep or two that you're not and then you're like okay I'm gonna, there's that positive peer and you know peer pressure that that can make you work yeah. harder and you're thinking wow the best player on the team is the hardest working player on the team i gotta get my button gear that's the whole michael that Jordan, was it kobe bryant effect right yeah. where you're just like no no that's the best player. They're staying late. They're early. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's You'll... another form of mental training for sure. Um, I just think that like, I honestly think that the best mental training is almost like, it's sort of the best mental training is the stuff that's not called out as mental training. I honestly think that the more you draw an athlete's awareness to mental training, it's kind of like uh, telling a tightrope walker to not look down. Because I think that yeah. the more like so, I see that. so like if you have a book called Mental Training or a program, <laughs> Mental Tough, and the whole team works on it, and they talk about things like you know when there's a tough situation, do you focus on the situation more? Do you uh, notice your breathing stop? Do you blah blah blah? And then I think when the player is now in a game in that situation, 
what happens they go okay this is one of those times yeah i am yeah, feeling my heart is racing it. my breathing has stopped i will relax and then ace yeah <laughs> like you've yep. been even aced and now you're like in panic mode because you you're like oh no i've been mental training for this i think the goal like you know we talk about flow talk about the buzzwords like flow state you know this i i kind of i'll be honest i kind of hate when, when that started coming about, because I'm like, you mean being in the zone? Yeah. You mean like whatever, just, like the idea is, like I was just listening to someone talk about grit and like buzzwords. grit and these buzzwords by people who, you know, either we never played. We get what played, they mean, but. Yeah, we get what they mean, but it's like calling out the obvious. Like, yeah. oh, you mean that athletes and people with a little bit of like rougher, tougher background fight through things more? Yeah, just like level headed. And like yeah. I saw someone explaining flow state the other day. I was like, okay, it's flow is when your skill, okay, there are times when your skill level is down up here and the task you're trying to do is down here so there's no flow and i'm like you mean like when you're bored playing against a week weaker team <laughs> you mean that that's just like you mean when i'm doing yeah. something that's <laughs> below and then and then there's times where your skill level is down here and the task is way up here you mean like when the team's kicking the crap out of you because you suck compared to them yeah, that's not fun. That's not it. Hard to get in the flow. This is like a non-athlete. So what you want to do is you want to match your your uh, task. <laughs> like you mean? Oh, you mean like you're just working and you're because it's challenging and yeah, you can yeah, and yeah. you can. That's just being. That's just like that's just like so basic. Someone's taken this concept of you know working motivated work right where you're in it, you're invested in it, and that's. They've just written a book about called In the Zone. And all these people are turning the pages going, oh, that's how you get in the, in the, in to flow state. You know, and again, it was, and, and, and you know, grit was the other one. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, there's this thing called grit. Yeah. Or like, you know, was it a TED Talk or was it, it a was book? It was a TED Talk that yeah. went viral and then a book based on a book and everybody in their dime. It's people, funny because I was like, a teacher for a long time. People were like telling me, have you heard about grit? I was like, yeah, I lived it. Yeah. I lived it. I, I, you know, because <laughs> so, so what I'm getting at here is that. I wish someone asked me well, that. <laughs> like, so whenever somebody mentions that to me or that those things, I just kind of think, you know, when I had my flow states, it's when I was in the training or in practice or in games and you're just like, you know, we used to call it he's unconscious or just lights out. You're just kill after kill. You're like, wow, blocking, passing everything. That's just because you're in it, right? And you don't sit there thinking, <laughs> I'm in flow state. That's like falling and falling off the rope, like falling yeah. off the tightrope because you're like, oh, I'm in flow. Um, if the minute you call, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at her out. yeah yeah look at her like oh my god i've been flying. taking a selfie yeah exactly <laughs> it's like the minute you draw attention to it like it's almost it has to be un- sub- well, yeah exactly. unconscious yeah right? like yeah. we literally used to wor- use that you- term he's unconscious right now meaning right when someone's yeah, shooting yeah. a ball and it's all it was going in that's the term we used so to you're use. you're starting to point out and I, I didn't have an answer to this i think it was one of the categories or subcategories like can you truly teach well is there a negative oh yes, yes. right and this to me is a negative um yes I, I did have one coach it was only for a year who did get into stuff like this and i do remember <laughs> trying it on the court just like you described like oh, okay this is one of those moments and like i just got blocked and i'm feeling you know demoralized <laughs> i'm gonna focus on my breathing and then i'm Next like hits in the face <laughs> yeah and there's something bad i'm like this is just going downhill and like i think it like it was not a good game it because- actually magnifies it yeah, magnifies yeah. the problem. And some of the players I know that who are the most into this were the most likely to collapse. So they, because they were like, 
you could tell they were in their head. Dude, yeah. And how? then and then yeah. they and then they think they need more Dude, mental you're training. Thinking, like because the goal, I mean, like let's face it, the Nike slogan of "just do it" is fascinating to me, right? Because they they came up with that because it's like, what do you say to athletes? You tell them to stop overthinking and just do it. Yeah, like that's sort of the goal, like, right? So if you go into a ton of mental training with a young athlete, it's kind of like you're drawing attention and a magnus a magnifying glass to their inner thoughts, and you don't want that in performance. You don't want that in flow, the zone being unconscious, whatever you want to call it, you don't want to be thinking, you want to be doing. And that's the problem. That's how you get optimal. So it's kind of weird to go into a mental training program and say, okay, we're going to draw attention to all your thoughts mm-hmm. and then we're going to tell you to forget about them all. Now, the best thing I ever heard when it came to this idea was that Karch Karai clip. Again, we talk about Karch Karai, one of the best volleyball players, I mean, the best volleyball player in the history of volleyball. And um, now he's a great coach, which is so rare for high-level athletes. And his idea that harnessing, and, you know, Tony Robbins talks about this, these, un, uh, you know, uh, unproductive thoughts. Like, you know, right. we all have them. So it's important to recognize. I mean, this is, this is a good mental To me, this ties into meditation. Yeah, this ties in more meditation yeah. because you want, you can take that. I'll let you talk about meditation. Well, it's just getting, it's just getting used to the fact first, like if you ever start it, the first thing that's going to happen, like the first, I don't know, like 10 times you sit down and meditate or 20 times is just, you're just going to now experience what your mind is like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like pre-phone or whatever. Or even actually, the phone doesn't matter. But like, <laughs> the, the the thoughts just like fly through, and then um, you just kind of get used to like seeing it, and then it, it wants to distract you, and then it wants to make you think like doubtful things about yourself. Or actually, the doubtful stuff doesn't really that only happens in like more high pressure situations, or if you're if something kind of crappy just happened, then it'll be more like that. But so it's just getting used to the fact that these thoughts like race through, and then it's just kind of like seeing them and then letting them go because if you give energy mental energy to them that mental energy will let the thought stick and then if the thought sticks that can turn into emotion and then emotion can affect your whole physical being or whatever right so this on the court if you just had a bad pass or you just got blocked or something and you're like a left side now you're thinking oh i just got blocked and you're dwelling on that well, that's a negative thing. It's going to make you kind of believe less in yourself. Now you're going to be less aggressive. You're more likely to make a, and it's just going to cascade, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get into this rut and then your teammates now feel it and they want to get you out of it. But then players only can, and we're going to talk about this more, is like certain players respond differently or they they cannot um, respond well to help or encouragement to get out of it. And, and, and honestly, like external encouragement is only a very, it's really almost all of it is internal. Like mm. I, I, I never play a team sport like a beach or, or volleyball and uh, go in with a thought that, oh, my teammates are going to keep me level-headed. Oh, I've yeah. never, ever thought that. It's mm. always an internal thing, right? Has to be, yeah. And I mean, even, so don't lose that thought about like Karch Cry because I, I just want to mention some of the things, or should we finish this Karch Cry line? Because I want to yeah. think of some of the things that you do or even that I do now like when i do make a mistake because maybe parents want to hear about Mm -hmm. that like yeah i mean i so i i I like the karch idea of acknowledging and that's where the meditation comes in acknowledging that it's going to happen yeah right acknowledging that you are going to have these negative thoughts at some point i think it's interesting because someone like karch (laughs) 
I, and I like, you know, I, when I was playing too, I didn't have many negative thoughts. Uh, like, I know it sounds very bad, but when I was very young, I did. All I learned to do as I got older was, again, I learned to get mentally tougher through repetition, you know, and I learned that, oh, it's useless to have that thought. Like, I learned, yeah. I remember, I remember the years where I was like, you know, early 20s, I was like, no, 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 I want the next serve. And I meant yeah. it. I meant it. I wasn't just <laughs> saying it. Like, you know, so that's the beauty. That's the thing that, you know, you have to, it's really difficult to teach it because the person has to mean it. And the only way you can mean this stuff and to, for it to be genuine to you is to live it. Yeah. You can't, I mean, we, we go back to this all the time with like self-help books and like, so the person reading it, and actually I heard Jim Rohn, if anybody, Jim Rohn, look up Jim Rohn. He's like the forerunner of Anthony Robbins. Mm-hmm. And he's like a motivational speaker who's like so honest and direct. It's like not, not wishy-washy. It's not hogwash. It's like just a guy telling you a bunch of simple truths about how to be better. And one of the things he said is like, <laughs> if you're an idiot reading a self-help book, you're still, you're, you're sorry, you're an idiot who's opt, who learns how to be an optimist. You're still an idiot. You know, like you can't, you have to learn yeah. and live it. So same with mental training. I find like you can have two different people read a mental training book and the one that already has it is going to take it and go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. And the one who doesn't have it is like, Okay, I'm gonna try this, and uh, I sure hope I don't mess up. And oh, it's happening again! Like you know what I mean? Uh, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if it if it can be taught, other than going through it. Like I said, I remember young me. Young yeah. me was mentally weak, and I remember thinking, "Oh, please don't serve it to me! Please don't serve it to yeah, me! Yeah, oh crap, yeah. he's serving it to me!" I don't. And then and then I learned to shake that off through through repetition and. It's funny, it was just life that taught me. You know what it was? It was a job interview. I think I mentioned this on the show before, right? I went into this job interview where I was like too busy. I was doing all these things, interviews where I was like being fake and like saying what they wanted to hear. And then finally I had a job opportunity where I was like, you know what? Screw it. I don't care if I get this job. And then I went in, I was really relaxed. I was like 22 years old. And I was like, and I got that job because I didn't care. And I remember that stuck in my head and I took that into sports. I was like, Part of it is not caring as much. And I didn't learn it in a book. I learned it through exposure to difficult things. It still happened on the court. It still happened on sport, in sports until I was like mid-20s. But it really turned into like not thinking. It turned into, and it sounds so dumb, but just like motivated to like, oh yeah, I got blocked. Okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. come even harder this time. I'm going to mm-hmm. go even, you know, change an angle, but I'm just going to, I'm going to beat this person. It became that, not, um, and taking it personally, by the way. That's yeah. that's one thing that I do that I always take things personally a little bit. And, you know, even even when they're not, in, turn it into that. Okay. That's something I do. I get offended yeah. uh, a little bit. I used to tell my, I tell my kids this too. Like, get offended a little bit. Like, if someone stuff blocks you or you miss your serve. Even if they're the nicest person off the court. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Even <laughs> if, and don't don't be rude to the person. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Just just get a little offended and take it personally. And then, uh, you know, you then you have a lot in there. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, it's channeling the, the it's funny how, creating fake resentments. It's that Jordan thing again. Yeah. That's why I love Jordan and Karai were my because I, I know Karai wouldn't be sitting around going, that's an unproductive thought. As a player, he wasn't that guy. It, right. There's a lot of great that's, energy. That's Karai the coach in this new generation. Right. You know what I mean? Wait. What? So Karch, I don't think as a player was a oh, here's an unproductive thought. I'm gonna push that out of my mind. Yes. But I think Karch, the coach, has learned to do that with players who aren't like him. Which yeah. is why he's a genius as a coach. Yeah. yeah. And why he won the US gold medal for the women's national team. 
when um, in this modern era, yeah, which is in, so different that. than the era he grew up in. That's why he's adapted so well. The um, it it's true. I can't. I've gone through that process as well that you're describing, and I, and I and I don't know how to describe it, but it's gotten. It is now getting to the point where, um, yeah, I, I recognize, or I'm not even thinking the unproductive thing. It's. I just now I think if I just got stuff blocked, I do take it a little personally. Mm-hmm. And I love that because mm-hmm. um, it really kind of gives me an extra bit of bounce on yes. the next time. But I also pair it with, um, hey, uh, like why did I get stuff blocked? It's probably because I hit it right into the block, obviously. Right. You know, like I went, <laughs> I went for that aggressive thing and then the blocker just like caught me. They did a late block and then like pounced on it. So good mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. But I, I will typically think of something, okay, I'm just going to contact the ball higher, right? I'm going to make this person reach and then I'll just change something up. So I'll focus on a little something because then, mm-hmm. then that just keeps everything else out. Yeah, um, that's, well, that's it there. The, the adaptive thinking is cool because it's no time, right? That's, yeah, yeah. There's no time for the other stuff. There's well, no I, time for the, right. oh, I'm awful. No, there's I, no time for that. And in that whole moment, I'm accepting it, it was my mistake. It's my mistake. Sometimes, I let them. Yeah. It well, could be a great play. Like, you know, you could have done everything right. That, like accept. Yeah. Well, well, that's, well, that's huge though. Accepting that stuff blocks are going to happen. Yeah. They the are going to The best hitters happen. in the world. Totally. The best hitters in the world get stuff blocked. The best servers in the world. Mr. Serves. Volleyball yeah. is wonderful that way. Baseball is wonderful, right? Because the best players in the history of the game yeah. hit three out of ten. Like the, it's a failing yeah, sport. There's that, a great baseball is like you could be the best 300 a, career hitter. It means they only hit three out of 10. That's really good way. Of yeah. I, you know, yeah. It. That's the one that's common in baseball. Like uh, baseball is the great sport. That, yeah. And, and same with volleyball. I mean, like, you know, your kill percentage can be like, you know, a really high one is like, you know, what is six fifty six? I don't even know what kill high kill percentage. That is, would be crazy. Yeah. High. That would be really high. Right. Because it means you're getting through and getting like, that's so that means I mean. Yeah, it's like it's still a, like you're supposed to get stuff blocked. You're supposed to miss the ball out of bounds. I don't even know, but I think like like when I was playing college, it was like if you were like three hundred zero. Yeah, th- that's why I thought amazing. thirty something percent. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's it's you know, and you look at someone's stats, you're like, oh, they only had like you know, you know, whole five set match, and they're like eighteen kills, and that's a lot. But it's like that's yeah, it's a super high number, but that's not a lot per set. Yeah. So it's a there's failure built into the sport, and I think that when you the less you dwell and that's why you said like the adaptive thinking is pretty good sometimes you know you don't want to say like why did i get blocked but you you should just be like you know okay i'm gonna try something a little different here and if you're busy having that thought uh then you're not busy dwelling on how crappy you are and uh, people are watching me I'm embarrassed. Oh, this player again. But this this also exposes how much you care about the sport. Because if, you know, if I'm playing against a rec player and I play, well, I don't really play against, but if, Mm. uh, you know, I'm playing just a fun tournament or whatever. And then I'm like stuff blocking someone kind of over and over again. It's just because like, I'm (laughs) like, I hope like I, for them, I just hope they're like are thinking. I hope they don't get like mad or really upset. And if they do, then I'm just gonna like stop doing. It. I don't want them to, like. Hate if you're the destroying game. them, yeah. Yeah, right. But the, at the same time, I would think that this player would 
think, hey, like I this is my level of engagement to the sport. Like this is how engaged I'm feeling competitively. This isn't that important to me, mm-hmm. right? And so therefore they're fine and they're laughing it off and I'm blocking them. And this is what usually what happens. Like mm-hmm. I'll block them and they're like, oh man, you're so tall or like, you know, you're you're so right? <laughs> Stuff like so that. And then, but, but now conversely on a competitive level, this is a self check to see how, uh, like how meaningful this match is to you, how meaningful this sport is to you. Because if, if you, the reason why I mentioned this is because now you can check in on your training and your practice. Cause if you're not really that into the sport, the, the great, like what I'm mentioning here, how I think about where I'm contacting the ball, I have like my my training to lean to lean on. Mm. I have something that like is just reassuring, and like sometimes I'll lose a point because my fitness physical fitness isn't there. But if I'm training, that that's automatically just boosting my confidence, right? It's mm-hmm. it's like that I don't have any like if you're losing a point and you're it's just because you don't have the endurance or something that's just a harsh truth mm-hmm. that you have to accept and now you need to get through that match and now once the tournament's over well I better go and work out otherwise I'm going to yes. meet this same end the next time and that's a really crappy feeling and that's how I felt last season and, but yeah if you have your training to lean on that's a great thing to like i'm saying lean on and then you can use that and then it really helps like keep those negative things because the training means hard work yes and that that's the thing like that's the secret weapon right like if you are training and you feel that you are doing the extras like i talked with an olympian like an olympic beach volleyball bronze medalist who uh you know and uh he was saying that he one of his things like they they were very early that team in mental training, and he was kind of into it. And his beach partner wasn't so much into it, but they, like pseudo mental trainer. No, I, back then, like in 90, okay. 90, 1996, they had like what mental was it for training. Them? So well, it was that thing. It was like coming in uh, exposure to like it was like modern mental training. It was the start of it. Okay, so the late nineties, and he he was more into it. His partner wasn't. Like his part was like mental training is sports, right? Kind of like sort of the way I yeah, think. yeah. And but he said, but he also said himself though that one of the best things he did was when he would go out and it was like five in the morning, six in the morning, and he'd hit the beach and he'd run and he'd train and they would be out there working. He would look for those things. Those are the things that gave him the mental edge. So when he walked onto the court. He knew that other team wasn't doing this thing. That's what Kobe used to talk about. Yeah. That's what Michael Jordan talked yeah, yeah. about. That's what Karch Karai. Karch Karai had this insane workout yeah. that he did. That was unreal, like 500 block jumps at nets yeah. and like crazy, like his calves. And So he was just doing things, like you said, the training is the mental training. The physical training is the mental training. Doing that extra thing. And further to what you said, like there's a great quote about what you were talking about. We don't rise to the level of our competition. We fall to the level of our training. So we don't rise. To the, everybody thinks that, oh, I'll play better come game day. I'll play better when it matters. No, you got to put yourself through the work when it's practice time. So however hard you are practicing, that's the level, that's the bottom that you're going to reach yeah. in your competition. People think that, right. I'll play better come game day. And there's so. there's some, I mean, there's something, like, you, you know, some people you can, can tap get, into a little potential, but that's... And there's adrenaline, right? Built, adrenaline yeah, in game day can help you get a little bit more. But when it really gets tough, you're going to fall to the maximum yep. training level. Like, that's what you were saying, basically. Right? I love I that love quote. It. Yeah. Right? Because really it's, like uh, it's a really key point. And that's where I, I think that we're getting to here is like, the mental training is the physical training you do and you will 
however hard you train, right? That's where that's the that's what you're going to hit in the competition when it when it gets crunch time. So if you're seeking mental training, well, the, the weird thing is that it, if it's the parents seeking the mental training, this this doesn't work because um what it what what is required is of the player to do a self assessment of where their weaknesses are yes. right it's so, like an alcoholic not admitting that they need the help it's, yeah that's why you admitting it is the first step the player yeah. has to want it not the ex not that, the coach totally not the parent it only works if the player believes it yeah and so, if it's coming from yeah, right that's what you mean yeah that's what I mean yeah, the parent is the external little, yes right and so yeah. The kid, yeah, the athlete needs to needs to needs to want it, right? So you're really exposing or asking them to really ask themselves how much they they want to play the sport and like, yep, it it does like, always. I, I, I had this exact discussion with my kids, and I do this all the time. Like, I would say to them, like, my daughter was upset one year because of her playing time, and I said, so, like, how badly do you do you want to play? Yeah, and like, because you could just be a, a player who plays once in a while, and that's okay. But if it bothers you. And you have to ask yourself why it bothers you. Because I, I saw this in my kids. One kid, it bothered her because she felt that she was better and deserved it. And I was like, okay, then you got to, what can you do to get more playing time? She's like, I got to work out. I got to train. I got to make it undeniable. I'm like, yeah, that's the answer. Do more work. And then you can have the right to complain and then you can have the right yeah. to whatever. But, you know, if you're undeniable and you're working, are you doing all the things you can do before you get to the upset point? Other kid, it was bothering her because I think the embarrassment, you know, what other people thought. And that's different. Yeah. If you so that I also a good motivator. It's a, it's a good motivator, but it's also like it's sort of not it's not the right thing because because if you're if you're if your opinions are rooted in what other people think about you that's going to be a life of horrendous torture right so i'm always trying to get my kids out of that i'm like okay if if that if that's more your concern like i mean like so i said to her like so if it bothers you are you going to train and fight for that spot Uh she never really did because she didn't really have the internal drive it was external drive yeah and internal drive is what we're talking about here with mental training and the kid has to be internally so one of my kids will sit there and do the meditation and will get into the mental training and uh, the other one might not be as interested in that well and this um, is such a difficult thing I mean just thinking back on myself at that age like I would not have been into it's this. nice to have an adult tell you this though right like that, yeah that's where like just like if, if somebody really wants it, it like, that's why it would I say be kids, amazing to hear it for sure well one of my favorite lines when Hopefully i talk from the coach well yeah it's tough though like you know like coach would it be better from the coach than the parent but yeah well, i guess it doesn't matter like yeah as long as the parent's not like pushing you like i'm not pushing my kids into being, yeah yeah i'm not telling just, them they need to be great i'm saying if it matters it to you then put in the work. If it doesn't matter to you, then that's okay. Then just be okay. Yeah, happy yeah, yeah. Playing sport. And, and yeah. you know, and putting in the work uh, doesn't mean you're going to get the results you want. And that's and where there's unfairness and all that unfairness. Right? And that's what that's where the second part of that was. I used to tell my kids like, you're putting in this work, you're not getting the playing time. Well, then here's the good news: you can swing like us, like like anything. Right. Play with no fear because your coach isn't giving you any time. Don't get angry at the coach. That's just how it happens. That's how life is. But it means that you can go in and play free. So when you get to jump, when you get to go serve, why not hammer it? Yeah. When you get a set, don't try to tip. Don't worry about messing up. 
crank it. That's awesome. Do it. And then that made one that one daughter who was like, you know, sort of not not super motivated because she was ex- more externally motivated. It actually made her play more driven and internally and she, it was just about her now and she played way better, hit it more hard and then she and then the key to that is who cares about volleyball? The key to that is that she took that into life. Mm. And I told her I said, "Listen, Mm. You know what's cool? You know what you just learned here today? Forget about volleyball. You learned to go for it. You learned that nobody outside really gives a crap about you. I mean, like, you know, I don't want to say it like that, but yeah. but you don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about them. Just when when it's when there's a situation that you're not happy with or there's something that, you know, it's in your control. And the best thing to, you can do in nerve wracking situations is to not care. Get rid of the care. And that's the mental training, right? Like that's that's the idea of not thinking. Because she yeah. was thinking before. Like if I, yeah, if I yeah. gave her a bunch Especially of mental training other books. Other people. If I gave her a bunch of mental training books, I guarantee you she would have been so tight on the court all the time. Yeah. Worried about messing thinking up. Worried about, about this. The chapter goal, four. Yeah. Don't yes. freak out. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know. That's it exactly. Yeah. Like that's basically what the books are. Yeah. Versus the just doing it. Well, and, and it's frequent exposure to stress, right? Frequent exposure to stress makes stress much easier to handle. Yeah, Boom, that's, that's it. Yeah. And you can't replace that. Unless the book has like electricity on every page and it shocks the kid. You know, we're not by page 100, they're like cool as a cucumber or like mm-hmm. dead. No, <laughs> that's too serious. Too dark. No, but, uh, you know, and it's just exposure to stress and you can't replace that. Right? Sports yeah. are the exposure to stress. Dang, I Did I just finish the show? No, no, no. I had a great thought, and then I just like, <laughs> oh, sorry. and then I had another one. Um, uh, we were talking about um, the uh, the frequent exposure to stress, and then before that was the kid, like my reference to my kid. Yeah, uh, it's gone. Yeah, whatever. All right, uh, it'll come back. But it's good that you pointed it out to um, to your kid, like, hey, like you just did this thing like i don't know like maybe they realize it themselves or maybe not right but mm. um i think it's great as a parent you kind of point that out to them and then you just make that moment kind of like special or give it some attention then you can kind of come back to it especially you know because they, they keep growing and you want to be like hey remember that what time you actually did this thing and like you got through it and like because that's that's the awesome like life lesson but uh yeah what the heck the yeah the stress is the hard thing it's the and that's why like that's why exercise is so good. It's just the, the training element, the practice, the, the intent that's in practice, the, the intent and intensity. Um, and then I think even like ability to like focus, especially for younger athletes and probably even more so now because of the phone, I was like super distracted as a kid. We didn't even have the phones and stuff like that. I was just like a rambunctious teenager or whatever. But then volleyball taught me focus. Mm -hmm. Um, through through consequence of losing the rally and then having it pointed out to me it's like hey you need to just focus for like a short amount of time here yeah and then working on that right so it's 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 it is it's frequency it's it's repeating this uh repeating the 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 moment where in practice i'm okay like trying to and it's funny because I definitely would have been in those moments. Okay, Eric, focus, 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 yeah. right? But then, Me like, too. if I'm thinking too much, then I'm making a mistake. And by it's a trial and error thing, right? So you get to this point where you're thinking, but then you're like letting the thought like go, and then you're just kind of 
just being right Mm -hmm. and then not thinking right and that's where this ties back into meditation it's like you'll have a the one of the starting objectives of meditation is to just find this blank state Mm. and it will happen maybe at first it won't because it's just non-stop thoughts but as soon as you kind of surrender to them what will happen is you'll get these moments where there'll just be blankness and then all of a sudden a thought will come in and then and then you'll only realize it after the fact it's like if all of a sudden you feel that like let's call it space Mm -hmm. or if we were to compare this to the flow state if all of a sudden you feel this space and you say oh this is it this is space it's already (laughs) gone because there the thoughts have entered right so it's yes and that's what's uh, this is a great thing of of sport this is what it does is it gets you get into this state of nothingness right and then that's where this is what we call the zone, right? And then and then being in that. So, um, yeah, it's just a great. It's just it's got to be tough. Like that's why we just hope people stay in the sport because it's so difficult. You just described how kids have different approaches or different levels of interest, or but intention. Like, like, why are they doing it? Why, why are, are they, they doing it? Things, yeah. And like honestly, I hope both of them keep playing into their adult life because like yeah, they are. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that's the thing because they learn too that the, the goal but, was never the goal. And their but, intent yeah. will change as they get older, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, they may just like get crazy good, and then who knows? You can always like play masters volleyball. Like yeah. I, I think. Are you, saying, are you saying my kids aren't crazy good right now? No, they saying? are. But like, I'll if, fight you. No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well your one may not try out or she's yeah at, so, right? well, she's like, just not like you know so there's a that's weird what i mean she just doesn't have well there's right a, or now she doesn't well there's a weird thing with my one daughter because it's like she thinks because of my playing career and my business and our whole life is volleyball that i want her to play volleyball yeah and i, I said can... to her i said to her listen you, know, you don't have to play volleyball for me to love you Right. Like I don't, yeah. like I don't, my life <laughs> is volleyball. Though. Yeah. My life is volleyball. So I'd be totally fine. If you guys yeah, switch yeah. to pickleball, you guys go play tennis, you go do whatever you want. Well, I want you to, well, not pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> no, pickleball long story, long story. <laughs> yeah. uh, but if you um, played some other sport, I said, that's fine. I do want you to have physical fitness in your life. I think that that's mental health. I think that that's vital and it's struggle. Do you have like resting volleyball judgment face or something? Uh, no, I, well, they, just they, like well, the big thing on the beach is that they look, they used to Why look, don't you play volleyball? Well, no, they, used, they used to look over at me on <laughs> yeah, the beach right, like, right. dad, we know. I'm like, I'm not even looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking yeah, three yeah, courts yeah. over. So that's, I must have a resting volleyball face. That's hilarious. But, but <laughs> no, but I, so once I had this conversation with her, it was kind of nice. Cause it was like, you know, I'm not, I, I, you think you're projecting this, yeah. this pressure you feel. I've never once said, I want you to play here. I want you to play she's there. She's such an outward perceiver. And then yes, your, your she's so externally driven. Yeah, yeah. So she's worried about my perception, just like I was talking to you about. So when she learned that it didn't matter to me, and even that I said to her, like, you know, if you don't play varsity, I can see it because varsity is crazy now. Post-secondary, mm. you know, even trying out, like, even if you, if you made it, it might be a nightmare I mean, for your, your mental health. On top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. The stress of it. So, and so when she heard that it was great and then she didn't, so she said, yeah, okay, I won't go out for it. It's, it's a bit much. And I go, I get it because yeah, the yeah. club world is crazy. And then, so she went to school and then she tried intramurals and she hated it. Because it was so bad it was or so what? bad. Oh, was it? Level volleyball. <laughs> she couldn't play. She wanted to play competitive. So then she was uh, dying. When she came home, she played in leagues and she plays beach and yeah, she yeah. does all this stuff. And I think she's now more into volleyball than she was before and also she's out of the crazy club world where all that yeah dude. political stupidness stupidity stupidness stupidity yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's a great word to trip up <laughs> on stupidness um 
stupidity. Uh, she's away from all that. So she's enjoying the sport. And that's the goal with her. I just want them to love a sport. And once they, once a, once a player realizes that, then you talk about mental training and, you know, they're, she's a lot more okay with mistakes because it matters less, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's where I think meditation is legit, like real mental training. I think if your mental training is about working out and about mental training, and then the sport itself is hard work. There's no better sport, <clears throat> I think, for building mental toughness than volleyball because it's one, done, reset. Mm-hmm. Here comes another one. Mm-hmm. Just like life, it keeps coming at you. Next one next one next one and if you falter or if you think too much about the last one that one point will turn into five points really fast yeah so i think volleyball is is the mental training whenever i hear people talking about volleyball mental training i'm like just set up some drills where there's a lot of there's consequence built in Mm -hmm. and that's the mental training here comes another one Remember, like, touch 10? Like, you know that? You know that? Where yep. the, the coach just hammers it at the yep. player in the middle of the circle? And then they throw it to the back. And they throw it to the back corner. <laughs> and they just, like, that 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 whole drill, the reason why that's worked so well, if people don't know what we're talking about, it's basically a player in the middle. The whole team surrounds the player, and they're all shagging balls and feeding the balls to the coach. And the coach is just hammering ball after ball into the middle, throwing one in the corner, tipping one short, and that player is running around like a dog, sweating their butt off. They have to touch the ball every, no matter where it goes. And that drill is designed to oh, get that player court. Yeah, they got and that player can't think. Like there's yeah. no time to think. And that's what the coach wants in the player. So that's a mental training thing that's legit. Right. It's pressure. It's physical pressure yeah. and just no time. It's like Yeah. That's what every great drill does. I like that. It, it exposes physical conditioning as well. Yeah. Which is really good. It hits on everything. Yeah. But the biggest thing is mental cuz there's no time to sit in that yeah. circle and say I'm tired. I suck. Yeah. Uh, why didn't I get that last one? It's all rooted in it's so, next, 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 the, next, which is life, yeah. right? Life is next. Like I, the older I get, like, you know, I've had a, like this year has been we a lot too of, much time to think nowadays. Yeah. Man. And you know, I had injury. I had like personal loss. I had like weird stuff. Like this year has been really tough for me. And I, the only thing that keeps coming to me is two things. One, I just keep saying to myself, like life just keeps coming mm. at you like a steam train. Like it doesn't stop. Mm. And the other one is, you know, life is supposed to be suffering. It sounds, remember we talked about this? Yeah. Like existence is suffering, the Buddhist mentality. And I used to say that quote. I used to teach that quote. But the older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, once you accept that life existence is suffering or life is hard and it's supposed to be hard because let's face it, look at where it heads. I mean, parents my age know what I'm talking about, about like you've, you've lived through a certain amount of hardship you realize that once you adopt that life is hard, then things get easier. Yeah, it shifts. It, it doesn't, it's funny how, because you accept that life is suffering, but it doesn't mean that every day you are then thinking, oh my God, this is, yes, sucks. Another day, no. It changes it because if, if eternity is that, then you may as well shift your perspective on it. And you just, you start to think about it differently. Now, well, you're more grateful yep, for that's, good, that's good moments and good days. Yep. So what happens is if your focus is, and your understanding is that existence is suffering, every moment of non-suffering, you actually notice. Yeah. Right. Cause we're, yep. it's the opposite now. Right now, we live in like, I should have you a great really day. Start to my kids things. should be playing better. My uh, house should be better. My car should be better. My wife and marriage should should be better. But that that is a whole bunch of stuff that's not 
going to be ideal and you're going to be down all the time if you think like that. Whereas if you think life is supposed to be filled with suffering, then you're like, well, wait a minute though, but I love, I'm so lucky to have this. I'm so lucky to have that. I'm so lucky that this person's with me. That so lucky to have that person in my life. We're so lucky to have my kid playing on a beach, my kid playing on a team. My kid has a group of people. Yeah. The, the, the shift happens there where it's like existence is suffering, but look at all this. And that's where people talk on social media about being grateful and making a journal about three things you're grateful for. That's sort of coming at it in the wrong way. And yet you'll 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 remain prepared for when suffering happens again yeah because it's you're you're like yeah this, this is, is why this yeah this is why it, the buddhist it's tied calmer. it's tied together it's the other side of that coin being thankful in the moment is connected to this could turn to this yes tomorrow. and it and it will and it will it will not yeah, that yeah, it could yeah. that it will and it's supposed to i love the way <laughs> yes I, I just love using the, the physical body as a great like way of looking at it. Like when, I don't know if I mentioned this, but like, honestly, when you're like 25 and under, you're in superpower mode. Like you, oh, we've definitely talked about this. Mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm, you yeah, know, you don't have sure. to do anything and your body's just flexible. It's strong. It can run forever, blah, blah, blah. Now as an adult, this is, <laughs> this is real. The time you put in, like if you want to have output, like play, you have to put input of, of effort and training and stuff. So now Mm -hmm. it's just, um, and this is something I've been trying to do now lately, uh, is just keep my body moving because even if like, say you're a gym rat and you're working out all the time, but then you're just sedentary at work or driving for like 10 hours of the day, how much of that gym, uh, this is just something I've been reading about lately. And and the theory is that it's just, it's pretty much undoing itself because the idea is to like keep, keep the body moving and i'm noticing this with certain injuries as if i can just kind of keep moving through the day like obviously sitting sitting is a natural position that's why we've invented chairs and stuff but like well sitting much, on chairs isn't natural well <laughs> sitting on chairs isn't isn't natural no sitting on the ground is natural squatting and right cross-legged on the ground that's why sitting in chairs is ruining Leads our to an issue yeah because for our bodies for millions of years have been sitting on the ground or squatting. Yeah. Maybe yeah. sitting on the odd rock, but even that position is not the same as a chair. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, well, cause I, I know this hip thing I got, like it came from sitting. So it's the weirdest thing. So it's yeah. like, Oh yeah. Hold it is. Yeah. I just try well, to like, the sitting is the new smoking. I have a yeah. line, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sitting. That's why the standing tables are there. Treadmill tables. And yeah. Cause yeah, it just goes back to our, I mean, sitting in an office is not natural. Or yeah, sitting in a car is not really what we were you know, doing for the bulk of human history. So we haven't yeah. evolved. Actually, if you think about riding a horse, that's a very active thing. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you don't want to do that for 10 hours a day because no. like, you'd be walking. But the, weird, even but more like, natural than that, because not every place had horses, was the walking yeah, and the running. Yeah, walking and running, right? So, yeah, running away from dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> right? Flintstones was a documentary. That's what I'm no, but like, uh, yeah, the mental, tra- I mean, exposure to hard things, you know, leads to better mental toughness. And I think that the sport is tailor made for it. And, uh, you know, understanding that, um, you know, the, like, you know, the existence is suffering. What you put in is what you get out. Well, that, that's a good mental training thought, right? There are thoughts that can resonate with you, but, but, you know, if you, if you suffer through your practice, suffer through your training, it does make the games easier. 
right? It makes the games yeah. easier. And that's why people are like the highest level coaches are always teaching players to practice as hard as and you can because you want the games to be like practice right? and you want the practices to be like games. You want to stop thinking in the yeah. game. You want all your thoughts, all your exhaustion, all your efforts getting poured out on the court in practice. So the game is easy. You want to play light, now play the, loose. The way everything is going to be poured out, though, is when you are at that competition level that is at your level. Because if it's too easy, right? Mm. Like yes. you said, like yes. we always fall down to our training. I think this is part of the reason Most why tight. we seek, why we seek greater competition. Because greater competition is just a way for us to more so expose our training mm-hmm. right and then then you're getting to this greater layer of like it's like self-esteem or like confidence or it's just like it's the it's the next challenge and now you really get to expose yourself and how hard you've been working and mm-hmm. how much you even like love the sport um and then hopefully that that drive like keeps building and you get to go yeah it's like why why do people want to be pro athletes that like i mean let's talk about volleyball because it's not a money-making sport Mm -hmm. but people still do it and they love it because they're just they get to feel like experience this side of themselves that you're not going to experience if you're just i don't know it's overcoming things right like we all overcoming overcoming things things. we want to be feel threatened and come out alive that there's a there's a huge chemical release by taking on a challenge and escaping like there, you know, so it's or like overcoming, overcoming. Yes. Yes. I was thinking, I was thinking the was animal thing. Yeah. Well, there is that, there is that sort of what I was going with it. Like that hunting, this is you more know. like a hunting and landing a yeah. kill type. Thing. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, that's smarting, right? Outsmarting, then, defeating. Yeah. So the threatened part. Losing is more like going home hungry or something, not landing or. Yeah. Or beating, blowing out a team. Like you said, like this way too boring. No challenge. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no flow state. There's no zone because it's like. It's mm. not fun. And you shouldn't it's walk away. Fun. You shouldn't walk away going, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, running, around the, <laughs> running around the gym taking your shirt yeah. off. That would be weird. Uh, that's why that doesn't happen uh, generally. Although there are some people who do that. There are um, people who do that. With yes. who, who don't have the you know, self-esteem. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I, I, so I think, so I think if we were to sum up this episode, I think we would say that, well, personally, I would say that I think mental training as an industry is, has become a bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. I think that it's capitalizing off of a parent's desire or a child's desire, or a coach's desire to make these professional athletes. And that's, you know, if we talk, we're going to talk about, I mean, we're hopefully going to have Hugh, Hugh McCutcheon on the show who wrote a great book called Championship uh, Behaviors. And he was the head coach of the men's national team, the women's national team, uh, and a former professional player himself and coach and uh, coach of University of Minnesota right now. I think he, he, he may be leaving I think he's that. he's in the director or yeah, the... Yeah, yeah. He just stepped away from the court now yeah. because he wants to focus on... Actually, his mission is very similar to ours. And he, he in his book, makes a great point of like the minuscule you know number of athletes who go to the pro levels and how that's such a pipe dream and you know what is the purpose of sport like we had an episode on that as well um so like you know the the mental training i think is capitalizing on that that dream and it's literally right it's literally selling the dream to parents like oh your kid could be so much more because they know that everybody thinks that about their kid yeah you know, part of the problem yeah, I, I, one of the things i like oh, any product it dwells on our guilt yeah it dwells on our yeah our, our fears insecurities. insecurities that's it yeah. and uh i always used to say like 
it's so funny when I see parents, like, you know, I would see other parents in the gym and they're, they're passing their, um, they're actually applying their level. Like I suppose I'm 45 years old. Okay. Like I'm 48 and I'm sitting there with my 48 year old brain mm-hmm. trying to, and my 48 years of experience. And I'm sort of putting my lens and my life experience onto like my 15 year old kid. And I'm like, come on, just go get it. Why are you so afraid? Mm-hmm. And it's like so insane because I'm looking at it with my level of fear. Whereas I wish everybody's kid, can you imagine if everybody's kid, I mean, this is why Back to the Future of the movie was so famous because that's a kid getting to see what their parents were like at their age. Those, your like, you know, you as a parent, stop project, stop applying your adult <laughs> life experience and, you know, looking at your kid and saying, why are you so afraid? Because every kid's afraid at that age or yeah. every kid's timid. It's so insane that parents don't realize what they're doing here. They're like, oh, yeah, I would be like that now. But rewind to phys ed class 30 years ago and let's see what you were like. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, my, I have a funny quick story. It's related to pickleball. Like my friend, <laughs> uh, like former Division One tennis player, played semi-pro, but her... Uh, her parents ten- never. She's a tennis pro, right? Did you, uh, say, you said tennis, right? Yeah, tennis. Or did you say? For, she was like a former pro. She played Division yeah, One. But you said tennis, though. Didn't I you? said tennis. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure if you said tennis. Yeah, okay. yeah, tennis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But her, her. So her parents like helped her like learn the sport, or like brought her to tennis. But then they never played it, right? Mm. Um. And then anyways, recently they just started playing pickleball. Like this. Like one of the first sports they played in like thirty years or something, right? Oh, wow. But she was telling me like when she was young, her her mom always used to be like, "Just hit it down the line." Why? I don't get it. Like, why don't you? Right? <laughs> oh, but <laughs> but it's funny now because her mom like so when they go to play pickleball, like she's playing with them, they're walking by the tennis courts, and then she said her mom the other day, she's like, "Oh man, <clears throat> like now I now I see how like." How, how it would have been so hard. I can't believe you were able to get like all over the court oh, and like wow. hit it there because she's like, she's on the pickleball court and it's so tiny. Playing and like, double, and she's like, doubles. and she's asking like, oh, like how do you like hit it? Like how are you able to hit it this way and then that way? And so, so she's experiencing the challenge of the sport now, which is giving her appreciation for, for her daughter playing tennis and being able to do what she did. Right. And so yeah. she just like had a really good laugh at it. And, uh, it's just like, it just took her like 20 years yeah. to realize well, this, and maybe And may have never, if you never got may it. have never, yeah. right. But e- it, easier said than done. Totally. That it, line. All these old phrases, all these old phrases. Yeah. That, the more, yeah. the older I get, the more I'm like, ah, somebody needs to bring back these phrases. And write about them, <laughs> right. Like easier said than done is such a good one. Cause every, you know, that would be a great one for parents. To That's think a good about. book idea. Yeah. I was thinking about it. <laughs> I'm sure it's been, I'm sure it's been, uh, but, uh, no, I think that, uh, the conclusion for me in this topic is that, um, I think that mental training has become a, a, a moneymaker obviously in mm-hmm. this society and that I think that people forget that the sport is built in with mental training and that it just takes a while. You know, everybody needs to just relax and there's no race. And mm-hmm. the minute you actually try to pour gasoline on stuff like this, there's no shortcut to mental training. I'm sorry. That's that's it. You can't. There's no secret here. Like, I, you know, my favorite one of the favorite ones is, you know, my favorite movies is Kung Fu Panda. 
because uh, if you haven't watched Kung Fu Panda, then you know turn off your radio or turn off your Spotify. <laughs> radio. Uh, <laughs> because, oh yeah, we're not on the radio. <laughs> um, turn off your satellite. No, we are. Uh, the Kung Fu Panda thing is great because it's like there's no secret ingredient. You know, the dragon scroll. He spends his whole time, and then they open it up, and there's a reflection of you coming. It's just you, and there's no secret ingredient. Everybody's looking for the magic shortcut. But I'm telling you right now that there's no shortcut to mental toughness. You just got to go through it. And you got to go through a lot of it. Yeah. And like, you know. You have to want to go through it. Well, not not even. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's like what I mean is like, it's just it's got to be circumstances that will lead you to mental toughness. And this is why the people who play the most tend to be better than people who play less. Because it's that frequency of exposure. There's a a law of frequency, right? And especially when it's at that level that they're at, like when the competition is... Right. right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a given. Like, yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, we know that people who play... You're just going to... If you don't seek that out... I'll put that in my book. Yeah. Um, (laughs) If If you don't seek out good competition, then you're not growing. Yeah. Like, obviously. I think that's why we crave it. But what I mean is that... um, you can't accelerate mental training through a book, through a CD. CD? Do people say? <laughs> a CD-ROM? <laughs> a floppy disk? Walkman? <laughs> <laughs> floppy disk is funny. Um, but, uh, you know, you can't uh, speed it up. You can gain inspiration and ideas from these things, but you they have to be implemented. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. that's that's. Sorry, I mean at. I mean the book. Yeah, the yeah. book version, the program version. You so the only way you can get mental training is through experience. Yeah. And so you put yourself into situations of stress as often as possible. Into that's where the working out comes in. That's why some people go to ice baths. That's why some people are going sauna. Yeah. Working out. These are putting ourselves yeah. into tougher situations so that we are calm and not so worked up in when we hit areas of stress in sports. Cause the only thing you can do, the only mental training you want is anything that gets you to think less and to take it less seriously. And I would submit to you that the more studying you do in a book, the more serious you're going to take it mm, when yeah. poop get, when poop gets heavy and, and the game, if you're reading books and you're like training in a classroom, mental training, it doesn't work unless that classroom is filled with water and you have to, you can't breathe. <laughs> like there's, unless there's some suffering in that room. You you poop while you play? Uh, I poop while I play. <laughs> Just when I need to jump a little higher. So, and I jump an extra two, three inches. Um, yeah. So, so if you're doing mental training, you're broken. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it always leads back to that old does, Michael yeah. Jordan commercial, McDonald's, 1980s. Google it. <laughs> anyway, what are you, what, what's your final thoughts? No, that's, yeah, uh, I'm just thinking like exercise, hard things, um, training. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever do any mental training? Like any like we one year we had it like a team psychologist. Okay, but it which is a little different. A little different. It was different. Yeah. It was more so we did the Myers Briggs test, mm. and I think the reason was that is they wanted to see w- how I responded. Or how they were able to coach me. I don't think right. that was mental training. If anybody's listening, Myers-Briggs tests free online. Definitely recommend taking it. Yeah. It'll tell you a lot about who you are. It's not hokey pokey stuff. Hokey pokey? Is that hokey a, pokey is... No, it's not no, the hokey it's, pokey. It's not, uh, that's not the right term. You'll be a little shocked at like what it... Yeah. 
it's knows, a series, but it's not, yeah. it's it's not, not like magic. a horoscope. Yeah, it's just no, it's, you answer yes or no questions, yeah. and then it tells you. It's sort of Carl Jung sort of uh, school of philosophy. Of introvert, extrovert, yeah, who you are, feeling, yeah. intuiting. You'll walk away with a four-letter sort of uh, yeah. code, and then you look up what that four-letter code and it tells you about careers. And I think there's like a newer version that's a little maybe more accurate now. I'm not sure. I right, right. Been in a long time, but. The mental training was a lot of it was just like uh, on the uh, if I'm going to talk about the the best I think team that I got to be on was just a lot of like team camaraderie a lot of hard work and training we it was like definitely two a days and there's like and then that's not including the weight training mm-hmm. um, the team just gelled really well we worked really hard um, it was a good balance of vets and younger guys so like there was always the younger guys were always being pulled up, but that's, that has the, the competition and meeting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just being in a tough league where yep. we had to really grind it out. Yeah. And you know, losing the tough ones. Yeah. The coming back. coach played, played, I was a rookie. So quite a bit of time on the bench, but he made sure to put us in right at the right time. Yeah. So yeah, get you exposure to stress. Yeah. That's what good coaches do. Yeah. Right? Like, wait, we're losing this one big time or we're winning this one big time. And it time. was mega stressful. It was yes. like, yeah, at you that know, young age. Yeah. Like the yeah. first time passing a ball was awful. And then by the end of the season, it was pretty good. And, uh, and passing is a hundred percent mental. Oh yeah. Right. Totally. And you want it to get out of the mental. Like you want it yeah. to turn purely physical. Like that's the goal, right? Stop turn, thinking. That's what it exhale, is. Exhale, yeah, right? Because you want your body loose. Completely you be limber. from too much thinking to just That's why playing. we talked about this, right? Watching some really bad rec players, they some of them pass dimes because they don't care. Yeah. They're good, unaware. Good it's, like, point. it's like in golf, right? The yep. first time everybody golfs, they're amazing. Yep. And then the second <laughs> or third time, they start doing the practice shots. And then they suck because it didn't matter the first time. Yeah, The minute yeah, you yeah. put these expectations on yourself, uh, and I think mental training puts that expectation on the self to be, oh, why am I tensing up? Why am I doing it? Now you're thinking about the thinking yeah, yeah. rather than thinking about the doing. And that's why, like I said, that Nike slogan is just perfect. So, yeah. So, yeah. Visualization is something different. Meditation. Yes. Yes. Those are the good know, forms because yeah, yeah. that that's exposing you to the doing. Like th- those aren't. If you have a, if you say, yeah, we should be clear, if, if you have a mental training component of your team mm. that involves meditation, working out, and maybe even yoga or something physically difficult, <laughs> breathing in tough situations and breath work, then that's it. That's the mental training you need. Yeah. And then you get back in, in the weight room, especially like some of the best times I performed in my life was when I knew I was training well. And, yep. then, and then playing on the yep. court was so much easier. And when I'm yep. not training well, that adds the mental side to my performance. And it's probably in my head. Like I think Meech, yep. Meech was on, in our early episodes. Meech would laugh at me. Remember that? Because he knows that I, if I wasn't working out well and Meech thought I was crazy because I'd be like, I'm not going to play well because oh, I've been training. Same with and, me, man. Yeah, I feel the 100%. same because it's a secret weapon. But Meech, Meech thought I was nuts because like just just play. It's just another, you know, you could argue that's a good way to go. Just say, ah, I'm not contingent. I'm not a slave to the workout. But, but you know that you're jumping high you know that you're moving better you know that mentally you're prepared yeah by putting yourself through Maybe a little bit things. of different standards you personal standards well that's why hold. we fired me from the show right? <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's why you fired Reach. hey we, <laughs> we me <laughs> i'm just kidding i just kidding <laughs> the tech guy no 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 <laughs> me just didn't couldn't couldn't commit to the time anymore in case anybody's wondering <laughs> what about, 40 what episodes <laughs> What about we never we never mentioned this, but like um, in that awesome video of uh, Djokovic we watched the other day, mm. he talks about 
even his spiritual work he's done and like even i don't know how he described it but like trauma and stuff like that right and yeah I, I don't know i again i wouldn't call this mental training i call this just what we should be doing in our lives right yeah and so that this is where life now feeds back into sport or sport whatever mm-hmm. like it's so and, and i mean one of the things i saw in that video remember like there's a lot of things that so sometimes you have to be careful when you hear a high level athlete like that talk about what gave them the tools because don't forget there's humility built in this athlete so they will they're very quick to attribute it to something external but i would submit mm, to you that well, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think the real reason why someone like Djokovic specifically like he grew up in a war-torn country mm-hmm. he didn't grow up in an easy environment he had a lot of family torn apart by so there's stress there's the perspective yeah, there's yeah. the perspective right yeah. so and he might not even know that so yeah, he, good point. he might go into how he'll hire a mental coach for sure he will yeah but and the mental coach will work with him on performing in crunch time but he's already got something a leg up a perspective that other people don't have yeah i mean even remember we talked about this roger i mean i know we're spending a lot of time talking about tennis but hopefully people know we're talking about but roger federer you know he had a coach pass away on him and he wasn't a great player at the time he was not a great player in fact one of roger federer's greatest problems as a young athlete was his mental weakness he would flip out he would smash rackets hmm coach dies best friend coach mentor dies and Federer becomes the most calm guy on the court hmm. people all that's the thing about that's his mo for his whole career was like you can't tell if he's winning or losing yeah and i'll guarantee you yeah. the perspective came Think from losing it. someone because he's just this doesn't matter yeah yeah this doesn't matter absolutely so that that's i think if we could sum up the show right if you can get to a point where this doesn't matter <laughs> It's a very powerful place as long as it's like, I care, but it doesn't really matter. That gets you sort of playing loose and free and it gets you... Sorry, I mean the the crunch time doesn't yeah. matter, but uh, you know, all the work... It is liberating, and but the only way to get there is, yeah, like kind of through the work and... Well, I think one one thing I heard too that was really great recently is that the idea that high achievers in anything, they don't picture the end goal. High achievers focus on the hard work steps and the end goal happens. Right. The low achievers focus on the end goal and then they can't go through the hard work because they're too busy looking at the shiny end goal. Isn't this another saying? It's like as long as you've tried, like, or not a saying, but most parents will say, as long as you tried your hardest. They say it, yeah. Right. And like and I from what I get from that and for from what I've experienced is it is true. Like it's if I I got the opportunity last year to play against some really high level beach players mm-hmm. and that really is all that I thought of. Like if I can just give this my everything, mm-hmm. I will be satisfied or I will be okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I've I've but, had other losses where they were very difficult to take. And whenever I've had a loss that's hard to swallow or I'm angry it's because I wasn't prepared for it, mm-hmm. right? And then I had this expectation of myself, and obviously I couldn't, I couldn't pull through. So I'm like, I was in over my head. But then having that match, being able to try that hard, and then getting whatever outcome I did, I was somewhat yeah. more pleased. Yeah, because you're understanding the process, right? The yeah. process. This is a step in a journey yeah. to wherever, and it's not rooted in like how do I win this tournament that I'm not supposed to win. Thank you. Yes, you're right. Because it's a good yeah. point. Because it's like I knew I would 
be playing more again and, and also keep training. So well, that, and, like, I, and I was there at that tournament. I was there yeah, at that yeah. tournament and I was telling you guys too, and you, you sort of, you both got this, that you're doing, like, you're not playing like these guys. Like you're not playing as much yeah, as yeah. these guys. So yeah. like, what's the expectation here? This is part of the practice. And you guys did remarkably well, if you think about it first, like against really high level teams yeah. that spent their lives training. So that's imagine if that's the decision, that's the tough part of that thing is, how hard do I pursue this? And that's the difference between great and not great. Like I, I think 90% of it is deciding yeah. to go and to make this my life. That's literally 90% of it because that's what so few people do. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think that, I think that if you are, uh, if you're working on something, if you're working towards something and you're picturing the end goal, I, I still, I think you can mention it, like we talked about earlier in, this, in different episodes. You can maybe write it down somewhere, but you better not be obsessed with that end goal. You better be obsessed with the steps it takes to get there, and that's where the mental training kicks in and all that stuff. Because you kind of forget about that end goal, or oh, you don't forget about. It. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. just, you Sorry, just I lean back no, that's okay. Mind. Yeah, yeah, you just you just sort of um, you have to understand like the goal will change probably. The goal should be the hard work. Yeah, the goal is the hard work. And, and 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 if you if process you, is the hard work. What do you mean? Process. Yeah, the goal is the hard work it takes to get. Oh, I see what you mean. That, the goal is the, hard, the, yes. goal is the steps, yeah. Yeah. right? And that's where everybody gets tripped up. They don't understand, like, you know, even in my business life, like, you know, that. And you know, when when I got injured, you know, remember I told you I had that weird feeling of like, oh, I'm kind of excited about the rehab. Yeah. That's because I wasn't picturing myself jumping again. <laughs> I was picturing the work. And I think that's there's a certain, because it takes the choice out. There is no choice. You have to, yeah, do the work to get and, back. And you got to enjoy the nitty gritty. You know, if you don't enjoy the nitty gritty, then you're not going to do anything. There will be no comeback if Zuby if Uncle Zuby doesn't get in if the you, gym. If Uncle Zuby left the aircast on, he's not playing volleyball again. <laughs> well, if Uncle Zuby just <laughs> why are we calling? All right. <laughs> <laughs> if, if this if, is the if, longest summary yeah ever well it's just like podcast. so same with the business though yeah. same with the business like i don't picture the the end result i picture all the steps and i better enjoy those yeah, yeah. or there is no there's no gala at the end there is no yeah. celebration at the end and it's the same with sport if your mental training is talking about where do you see yourself in five years and it's in a book you and pretty you're much just put your head down and just go yeah you know just i don't gotta, really, we yeah. don't we don't have like quarterly meetings of hey this is our goal of this many yeah sales or blah blah, blah. it just kind of happens yeah and then all of a sudden you have you know sold out stuff all over the place or something yeah something that just yeah something that just happens so it's just and then you get fun ideas and you go try it and then it yeah and tons of failure yeah tons of failure yeah. which meant which makes future failure less devastating i remember asking right? you about exposure those failures. to fa- exposure to failure is so important yeah and if you if you're the type of person who gets caught up in catastrophe like oh my god i failed say goodbye to success because that's the bulk of it like we talked about baseball the bulk of it is failure yeah bulk of it that's why baseball is such a great mental training yeah a lot of baseball players go on to great business careers too after a lot of pro athletes do because yeah. they because they just know about failure yeah shooting percentage in basketball same thing very low success rate right Unless, hmm. you, unless it's a free throw. So, yeah. Oh, so uh, one last thing I just did want to say, though. I think hmm. that 
I think we've mentioned this, but I think that part of our obsession with mental training right now in youth sports is because we're protecting our kids from failure so much that we're trying to put them in. We need something else to give them mental training. So like in the old days, like we used to let our kids fail. Our parents would let their kids fail. They didn't care about it. They didn't call it failure. And then so we didn't need the mental training. But today, because we coddle our kids and we coddle ourselves so much that we're like looking for something to create mental toughness because we haven't let them fail. What do you think of that? Uh, <clears throat> pretty profound, eh? Profound, profound, insightful. Like it's I'm, exciting. So wait, is this? <laughs> so the idea is that if we never let our kids fail, which everybody spends all their time doing, we, we need we, we like don't let our kids fail or suffer. We're trying to now so find trying, failure for them, or we're trying or to we're give trying. them mental toughness. We're trying to replicate external mental toughness because we aren't letting them get it the other ways. Yeah, yeah, but then it's it's not it's not authentic it's not exactly what we're actually hoping to give them exactly that's the show yeah so if we let, like the parents that like you know i did let my kids fail a lot and i did i enjoy i used to tell them i used to tell people all the time i like it when my kids get their asses kicked on the volleyball court or in life mm-hmm. I, I like it when things happen that are tough for them because that to me is the only mental training that matters you know it's funny like some kids like and i was like this when i was learning to skate like the my parents put me on skates when I was like three, mm-hmm. and then they put me on the ice, and I'm just like falling down all over the place. And then they wanted to like give me one of those assist things, and yes. I was just like, you know, like so. My point is, little kids they love to do the thing, the no thing. They're like, that's no, the, that's the metaphor. I'll do it myself, right? And I was just they're like, all right, and like whatever. And so I figured out how to skating, how to skate, just like because they let me fall down like a thousand times or whatever. That's right? the metaphor. So but, we're giving every kid that pushy thing. And why, why, you always see it in young kids. Like, yeah. Like when they're really young, they just like, I mean, it, no. it, just to be stubborn, but it's just like, no, no, I'm no, but there's an instinct, but then the, it wouldn't be stubbornness because they don't know what stubbornness is at that point. No, no, they don't need they're to know too, what it is. No, but it's like, sorry, what it is, is I mean, the desire to do it oneself is yeah. sort of innate in a lot of us. I don't think it's in all everybody, but I think it goes back to my point at the beginning where remember I was talking about the adults have no patience for watching this. Yeah, yeah. Like they, the coach I had who was like, the, not coach I had, but the coach working for us who like mixed up the drill because he couldn't stand watching it and the parents couldn't stand watching it. Yeah. The same thing with the kid falling on skates or a kid falling, you know, the the walker or whatever, the sister, that pusher thing is a um, thing that helps the parent yeah live through right this. right because where yeah. else would that idea come from yeah the, the, parent the kid wouldn't the say kid, hey give me one of those yeah. things <laughs> yeah 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 100 there you go yeah. boom boom Done. so parents you gotta let your kid go through it a bit and watch the long-term benefits of a kid because honestly i really think my kids are you know a little more humble and attuned to the ways of the world because uh you know we put them underage we made them play up age groups on mm-hmm. the beach not so they'd get better but so they got there a lot of losing mm-hmm. and now in life they can handle adversity and they're pretty strong right yeah so i think that's the way to go that's the best mental training there is get your ass kicked once in a while <laughs> right that's why i started the fight club remember that <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the number one rule no yeah I'm not, anyway not saying it i think we're done i think so okay so on behalf of eric i'm uh shoot What's the guy's name? Uncle Zuby? No, uh, from Fight Club. What's his name? Oh, Tyler. Paul Tyler, Tyler Durden. Durden. I almost said Paul Durden. Volleyball legend. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just thinking that. Tyler Durden. Yeah. I ruined it though. We'll edit this out. <laughs>
None of this. None of this. Oh, shoot. I have forgot to hit record on the whole show. Just kidding. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. Yeah. What's the big idea?